A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. That's recorded now. We are up. We are live. Thursday night. We're here. We're chatting. We're talking. I guess we need to start this off by. Why don't you just introduce a little bit about yourself? Because I hate doing introductions. So why don't we just start that? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Uh, my name is Amit. I am the owner and founder of an online marketing agency called Hot Skip Media. So we specialize in pay-per-click advertising, like Google Ads, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I've been in the industry for 13 years now, mm. um, started my first business at 19. And that's kind of how I like ended up in PPC in the first place was I, it was an event planning company. And I was like, Oh, let's try to sell tickets. Uh, and then three years later, I was like, I hate event planning and decided <laughs> to pack up my stuff, leave British Columbia, move to Alberta, which are like neighboring provinces. Um, and started like a PPC career. So I went from like spending three grand a year to 4.3 million essentially overnight. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it, it's been a wild career. It's been a wild career. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and I got to do a lot of stuff with Google during that time too. So like a couple of case studies, uh, they flew me out to San Francisco for like an event, um, got spotlighted by them a couple of times, was part of an ambassador program that was like, 25 people all across well not all across the world they were only in north america so it was 25 people in north america but we were the only 25 at that point so good um, so good I yeah they they ended up sunsetting the program which kind of sucked but i get to tell everyone that i was i was the the beta tester on that one so um yeah it's it's been an interesting career to say the least <laughs> okay so let's take it back a little bit here and for just for the audience reasons and especially for me not knowing a lot about this world, when you say, I know you pay-per-click, PPC is pay-per-click, whatever, you're a pay-per-click specialist. So what exactly is pay-per-clicking, pay-per-click? So pay-per-click is essentially like uh, a method of digital advertising where you pay per click. Um, so when we look at, let's say Google Ads, you're on the search engine, you search for, let's say, a plumber you'll see like three ads at the top and then the rest will be organic listings. That's essentially pay-per-click. So we don't pay for the impression. So if you see the ad and scroll through, it's free branding in a sense. Um, if you actually paid attention and figured out what our name was really at this point. But if we actually click, um, that's when it costs me money basically. So it's a really effective form of advertising just because you're able to track it, which is um, something that traditional means have always had a little bit of an issue with, especially sure. with like, TV ads and billboards because um, you're paying for eyes, but you you sit there and you're like, I don't really know how many people actually came and bought from me. It's just you like there's ways to do it, but it's not effective with pay for click. We're able to actually sit there and say this person clicked on this search query 
came in through this ad and then converted in this manner. So it could be a phone call, it could be a sale, it could be a lead, um, even downloads and stuff like that are sometimes really important to clients. Um, so then you're able to track it all the way from like the start of their journey all to the end, which is um, something that I find really fascinating. So, all right. So like when you Google something, like if you, like you said, Google a plumber, and the first three things says like sponsored ads or something is yeah. that what it says at the very top. So that's what it is. And yeah. if I clicked on one of them, then somebody is getting money for me clicking onto that. Yeah. Right. So we're, uh, no one's making money off of the click. It's, I mean, what Google is. Sure. So we're paying Google for that click. And then if you were to convert, that's when like the exchange of money would happen between you and that business. Mm. So somebody like if I was at a plumbing business and I wanted to make sure I was at the top of every search, then I'm paying Google to be at the top of every search. Mm -hmm. And then yep. depending on how many clicks I get and stuff is then we start to figure out the money sharing. Yeah, basically. So really at this point, we're trying to figure out what type of uh, words or queries people are putting in that cause them to convert immediately. So there's certain like phrases. So especially with like plumbing is a really great um, example just because there's emergencies that happen. Sure. So like pipe bursting, plug toilet, like random things like that or not random, horrible things like that, I guess, really. Um, we know that, well, if somebody clicks through, the chances are very high that they're actually going to come and convert because they're in like a pickle at that point. Um, so it's a matter of just figuring out what those queries look like and then just putting as much money as we can behind those just to bring those people into the site. So is it all based on, as, all right, so part of your day, is that what it's looking at? Is figuring out what people are searching, what keywords are the most things? Like you said, besides plumber, somebody will say, hey, you know, my toilet's plugged or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you got to figure out like certain words or phrases that people will be saying all day in order to get these certain ads to pop at the top. And sorry if my questions are kind of stupid because I don't know. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're totally fine. They're perfect questions, actually. Um, yeah, so essentially, that's basically what my days kind of look like. I'm sifting through like reports that tell me um, what somebody put into the search query, but then also um, what we actually showed up for. Mm. Uh, so sometimes we can easily say something like uh, plug toilet or something, but somebody might be putting in um, destroyed toilet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we could still technically show up for it, right? So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I thought of a better word. Uh, and I really but I'm it. sure there's hundreds of people that actually type it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> love it. But yeah, that's essentially basically really kind of it. It's just like if we want to say plug toilet, but like Google will sit there and be like, but this seems relevant. Yeah. So I'm going through those search queries and be like, okay, is that actually relevant for us? Or is that something that's wasting ad spend? So there's a little bit of a balancing act where you kind of, um, on the flip side of it, have to create something called a negative keyword list. So it's essentially just a list of keywords that you don't want to show up for. So like oftentimes my universal list will be like cheap, free, pro bono, um, R, like X-rated words as well, and stuff like that. Sure. So that way we make sure that like, we're not showing up for stuff that we don't want to be showing up for. And I think a really great example of that would be like massage and your mind can go wherever it needs to on that one. I understand. So we're putting in negative keywords because we obviously RMTs aren't uh, people who will be doing the other stuff with you. Right. So, right. Uh, so we make sure that we have a negative keyword list already set that we're like, these are words that if you put massage and this word together, we don't want to show up at all. 
Um, and that helps us make sure that one, we're not spending money that we don't necessarily need to be spending, but also it helps keep brand like integrity in that sense too. Cause you don't, the last thing you want to do is show up for an ad that isn't quite family friendly, especially if you're like a family friendly type of business. Yeah. So you, are you mainly working with the business owners in this, mm-hmm. that, your spot in those? So again, like they would work with you and just say, Hey, I don't want certain keywords to pop up. Or you just go ahead and throw out those negative keywords, not to allow them. To pop up to say, hey, uh, if you are a massage parlor, you probably shouldn't make sure you, you know, we'll do this, this and this so that, you know, the weird stuff doesn't come up. Yeah, I usually go in and kind of just do it on my own because it's just part of the practice on my end. Sometimes clients will come back and be like, OK, there's these certain words that are like completely no, no in our in our industry. And I'll take yeah. those and just create lists off of them. But it really just gradually increases as um we start getting more data in especially on that search terms report so as we try to figure out what we're actually showing up for that's how i really am able to figure out what those negative keywords need to look like because i'll yeah. sit there and be like okay we showed up two times for this word it's not something that we want to show up for so now i'm just going to com- completely just go and negate it um so yeah it's like more of like a weekly bi-weekly practice depending on how large the account is could be daily if it's like a, an account that's spending a ton of money um, but it's usually something like weekly or bi-weekly that we're going through those reports, just making sure that everything's okay. Uh, hmm. well, I had two thoughts on that. So, well, going back though. So in your background, I know you said you mm-hmm. started your business, a business at 19 years old, but you know, did you have a background in marketing or digital marketing or it or any of this, or would you just kind of learn this process as you went, you know, being sought out by Google and you just kind of saw what was working and used trial and error. And I guess it's like, you know, what was your background? Are you just you know, naturally good at, you know, this type of stuff? Uh, A mix of both. So I actually went to school originally for um, business administration with a a minor in entrepreneurial leadership. And I took like a micro and a macro class economics and realized that I hated it. And I was like, there's no way that I want to do the next one, like the the advanced or whatever the next one was called. Um, And I remember sitting there looking at like, all of these courses and I'm like, well, what do I do? And then I realized marketing actually had like the most, I could transfer the most credits over to marketing. Yeah. And that's literally how I got into marketing. Like, I just didn't want to do macro and microeconomics. And then um, we had one class, it was three hours long, went over all of digital marketing. So email, content, social, Google analytics, a little bit of PPC. And for some reason it stuck out in my head. So when I went off to start my business, um, I just thought, hey, might be cool to just try these ads, maybe put a hundred dollars to them, see what happens. Um, and I don't, I can't really explain it for some reason. It just made sense in my head. I'm very mathematical um, and pretty analytical as well, just naturally. Uh, so then eventually I just kind of started selling tickets through that and realized I was actually pretty decent at it, but like, I just didn't know what to do. Um, Cause really careers, even at that point, were still in traditional marketing, like digital marketing wasn't like a, it wasn't as large as, as it is now. Um, so then I don't know where I got the idea. I moved to Alberta and then suddenly people were like, Hey, you have a skill set that we're looking for. And I was like, what skill set is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I have it. Um, yeah. And then I interviewed for one place and he offered me the job literally like on the spot. And I nice. started, I think like the day after, um, yeah, I admittedly that job I probably should have probably thought about a little bit more. Um <laughs> just because I was like doing the job of like two to three people and didn't even realize it at that time because like I never had managed a portfolio like that before. Yeah. Um the most I had was one account. So I just assumed 68 accounts, whereas normal 
it is not. It is not. <laughs> well, do you think that sets you up though? Just going into knowing that okay, sixty-eight counts is my first thing. That is nor that's your normal now compared to if you just had two accounts. You know, like you know, I, I can handle sixty-eight accounts. This is normal. This is no issue for me now. If you would have had, but I guess that's my question. That if you would have had two or three, you would have kind of. Do you think that would have? Which word am I looking for? Degressed your progress and and all this in this in this industry. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm actually like, I mean, it was a torture of a year just because, like, I kept on screaming, going, "I need help!" Like, this is far too much. Because on top of like the actual ad accounts that I was managing, I would have to do all the reporting and then talk to the clients too. So that was like three, four jobs in one sure. in one um, in one role, and nobody really quite understood it. So for me, it was really frustrating. But when I think back at it, I'm, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have been here had I not had that experience just because I learned how to move through accounts much faster. I learned quite a bit faster than most people had. So like by the time I was done month three, four, I had people who had been in the industry for five, six, seven years telling me that I was just as good as them. Um, Cause I would just ask the same, like I would ask questions, but I wouldn't ask them. Like, I think the thing that I really annoys me about anybody asking questions is that they don't bother trying before. It's just almost like they've given up before they've even started. And that's really irritating for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I never took that approach. I'd always sit there and be like, I tried this, I tried this, and I tried this. It's not working. And I looked at this article and I did this. And um, I think that's why a lot of the community members had like welcomed me so much because they were like, well, you're not giving up. You literally yeah. tried everything you can possibly think of. And now you're, you've run out of ideas. So oftentimes I would get them calling me from like, I think it's Richmond, Virginia or something like that. Like oh, yeah. randomly, like random places in like the state, even in Canada. And we'd just sit there talking about like random stuff. And my boss would come in and he's like, who are you just doing? I'm like some guy on the internet. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's helping me. He'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, and I think that was really what helped like cement myself in, in the career that I ended up in. And then especially being in a, in a city that didn't have very many people who were doing what I was doing. It really helped me carve out space without even realizing it for myself as the authority, um, which is still paying off to this day, which is kind of weird because it's just like I, I did not intend for this, but I am very grateful that it happened. What do, what do you what did you intend for, you think, originally? Or did you have exactly? Honestly? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I had any idea of what I was I doing, it. honestly. I think I figured it out maybe two years ago. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It but was no, just, go, uh, I just got lucky. <laughs> well, going on what you said, though, that, you know, the way you just kind of hit the ground running and you started just taking hard things and making them work for you in the beginning rather than just, I don't want to say fail, but just kind of when you did, or if you were not getting it at first, you just kept, you know, progressing through it and trying to get it until you got it right or whatever. And, you know, I'm one of these CrossFit bros, and that's one of these things that, I'm thankful for, for having that in my life. Cause you know, putting myself through those certain workouts and just weight or just weightlifting in general is that made me learn to do hard things and learn that if instead of something, how I want to put this, something coming very, that might be hard to others that I like to take on just because it's for me, it's like, you know, it's like what you said, it's very, that's almost natural to me. It's just like, all right, that's fine. Let's go do this. You know, and if it sucks, all right, we'll figure it out then. And if it doesn't suck, then woo, we've made ourselves better. But it's it's only made it's made daily life better for me. You know, if you get mm -hmm. cut off in traffic, if the waiter gets your, I don't know, order wrong, if 
you know, just something stupid like that, right? And just like, oh, it's no big deal, right? Just, you know, worst mm-hmm. things have happened, you know, I'll be okay here. You know, when you put your, you know, this is not really hard. When you know what hard is, you're like, okay, yeah. And that's what really helps out the mindset, in my opinion. And I respect the hell out of that, like, especially you not quitting and keep going. And so, wait, did you freeze up? It really does. Oh, there you are. Wait, are you still here? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now you're back. For you first. Yes, I'm totally here. For a second, good. Okay. But yeah, that was my whole point. And then, oh. What's up? No. Oh okay. no, we're good. I okay, don't know boom. what's happening now. <laughs> okay, but okay. So wait, I, I I still got my train of thought. But um, but yeah, in just doing that though, and now that you know, the more I read and like look up studies, I was listening to another podcast about you know, they're basically talking about doing hard things and putting yourself through those type of challenges in everyday life. And that there's a lot of research coming out now that as far as age, cognitive decline, that it happens now that, did I say that right? So basically, if you keep doing that right, your brain is like better off, especially when you get older and it's not, you know, deteriorating. It's like to, what is it, Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, when it makes you feel good now that when I go out and do stuff like this, it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so good. I still got it. Still got it. <laughs> I know. I went to um my first in-person like networking type of event last night. Um, and it was kind of one of those moments that was really interesting because a lot of these speakers were talking about like um obviously being our authentic self and all of this other like random stuff about personal branding. But there was this one person, he's an optometrist, and he sat there and he was just like, What um if you were to describe yourself? Like, how would you describe yourself or something along those lines? And I remember everybody sitting there and they were just like completely blank, had no idea what to say. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I can almost guarantee that I might be the only person in the room that has a word in my head to very succinctly kind of uh, explain who I am as a human being. And it's resilient. Nice. I'm like, there is like, literally, I just, I mean, I will, can I swear? <laughs> I yeah, say whatever you want. That's free speech, right? <laughs> say anything you like. I just, just wanted to make sure as I continued to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like, yeah. I'll bitch and whine about it for as long as I possibly can. But like, the one thing about me is that I will get back up. There's no, like ever, there's never any doubt in my mind, even if I want to quit, I just keep on going. Um, so like, it's kind of always interesting because a lot of people will see that and just be like, you constantly get the shit kicked out of you yeah. and somehow you still get back up. And I'm like, cause it's the only life I know. I'm like, I don't know if I could ever go back to, um, a corporate job where the responsibility isn't all mine and then come home and be fulfilled in that way. I feel like that having that responsibility, knowing that these clients are, are relying on us is something that I take pride in. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do that if, if I didn't own the company too. I, I think that it's a completely different mindset. So for me, um, it like, yeah, I feel like resilient is probably the best word to actually describe who I am, especially if you consider the career that I've had and all the ups and downs and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that just because, and you know, like I was saying, with doing hard things, like when I do my competitions and, you know, just taking on daily life, I guess, randomly or doing my daily wordle too, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> um, but just when people, and I'm generally speaking, and and I'm kind of talking bad about myself too at the same time, that, you know, when somebody says like, you know, they're having a really tough day and uh, or they got bad news and they're just going to go home and sit around all day and mope and not really do anything about it. It's like, wow, that's so weak, you know? And it's just like, I look mm-hmm. down on it now and just rather than, I get, I mean, I still try to lend out a hand or say, hey, if you need a vent or whatever, come talk to me. But it's still at the same time, it's like, 
it's like what you said, you can either just keep, you know, sitting down there and doing nothing about it or get back up and try to do something about it. And it's just, when I look at people like this, why, why are you that way? Like, why do you, you know, why, are you, why, are you, yeah, why are you that way? Get up and you know, make, you know, make shit happen. You know, if you don't like the way the conversation's going, change it. Don, was that Donald Draper? Is that his name? But anyway, thanks. So. Yeah, Mad I don't know why that came in my head, but anyway, but that's kind of what I see now, and just that I and I hate looking at people that way, but that's the first reaction that I get. That's like, okay, you know, I don't, maybe I don't want you on my team. So, and I know that's probably that's bad funny. to say, but yeah, but that's your value, right? So I yeah. think that's like. Uh, I don't think that's a, a, a wrong way to look at things. I think it's just, it's different really from other people. And I really think that everyone's just, um, cause we're just so used to immediate gratification with social media now. I think that's kind of part of the problem. It is. So when like somebody ends up uh, in front of an obstacle and there's no immediate gratification or uh, whatever the, the alternative word be, would be for it or Your dopamine rush or whatever. Yeah, like if that wasn't happening, I think a lot of them would just sit there and be like, okay, well, it's time to call it quits. Because like the moment I post something on social, it gets X amount of likes right away and X amount of comments and people are engaging. And it's just like, well, that's not reality, though. Yeah, like that's not, you don't walk outside in your new dress and people start liking it like it's not real <laughs> life. And I feel like a lot of us have just trapped ourselves into our computers or our phones a bit too much on that front. And I know that I'm horrible at it myself. I literally Same. live on Instagram. Like it's the worst, but I've gotten to the point where I've kind of stopped watching everybody else. And I just engage with accounts that make sense for me. Um, and then that's the end of it. Right. Like I was just like, what's the point? So I've been unfollowing pretty significantly for the last year of just people that I'm like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. Like, why do I even follow this? Mm. Um, and that's been like significantly um better on my side of things because I'm not sitting there comparing myself to people and then getting upset about it and then hindering my own success because like the moment you take your, the eye off of your own ball or or out of your lane or whatever you want to say is the moment that you're really hurting yourself and not anybody else you're watching something else while you're driving you might crash into the wall but you're you're paying attention to xyz person behind you for whatever reason mm. um and that's always been like kind of my thing where I'm like okay just you're doing you let everybody do their own little thing and call it a day and just be happy for them mm -hmm. um, and hope that they're happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I went through the same process, especially during COVID that, and, and, and COVID was kind of like life didn't really change much for me during COVID, except that I just had to put on a mask when I went out, you know, I'm, I'm I live in a pretty rural area. You know, I have access to a gym whenever I want uh, work didn't really much change for me much, but my point is that with all this is that, you know, being in, there were days I was working from home and that I would, you know, get on my phone and start scrolling and this mindlessly during, you know, on Instagram for whatever reason, right. Even especially when I'm watching TV shows, movies or whatever, but I got to a point where that it's like, why am I following all these people? Okay. And it's like, Oh wait, you know, cool car. Okay. That's cool. Right. Go up. Right. They're modeling their new, whatever clothes. And then it got to me. Why, why is this really bringing me that much value? And I guess, you know, I probably stole this from other podcasts that people who were doing it. And I got to a point where I wanted to do it. And just like, just like you were saying, just all right, unfollow them. Like, are they really bringing how much joy is that really bringing into my life to know that, Ooh, got up, looked at Instagram. Oh, you know, Rich Froning did, you know, a 315 snatch. Oh, cool. Like, you know, like that's not, you know, I don't, in, in almost, and who's comparisons to Tifa Joy? Then I started like almost like, like, well, I need to be doing that type of shit. So yeah, yeah it was, it was and like then you a, start buying random stuff that you don't necessarily need exactly. to just like keep up. 
Yeah. So it was like, it was a good purge for me and I'm glad I did it and I still do it randomly. I don't, yeah. Just whenever I start kind of thinking about it and like, you know, I'm just sitting there playing on my phone again. It's like, I don't need to follow this person anymore. And it's just like, you know, again, what value is that? You know, and I'm not saying I do that for every celebrity or star or, you know, whatever, but it just feels good. You know, it just feels something you get like, okay, I got one up on them. I'm, I'm better now. I don't need to follow. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I mean, but again, you know, I still like Instagram. I mean, I'm addicted as much as anyone else and like going through it and seeing what other people are doing with their lives. And, you know, and I do get good, good stuff from it too. I mean, it's not all bad. It's not toxic. So just depending yeah. on what, it depends on what you follow. So, yeah, for me, it's a lot of educational content. I like learning. So I just, yeah, let's, let's just follow doctors and, nice. and other people in like the fields, right? So like social media, web dev and stuff like that, where I'm like, I could learn more about what you guys do. Um, and that's been really kind of fun just to like sit there and just use it as an educational platform and less about like watching what um, XYZ person went off to Peru and bought, I don't know, a designer bag or something like that. Cause like I was talking to a financial app, uh, what does she do? She's like a, like helps with budgeting, financial planner, I guess. Yeah. Um, right. and she literally called me one day and she's like, I went to somebody who has like 600,000, uh, followers mm. deep in debt, like the deepest in debt because she ended up leaving America, went to Paris to live out this whole like fancy life. And now she has to keep on buying new stuff, um, and has racked up so much debt that like, she doesn't know what to do. So my friend called and she's like, these are the people that we're comparing ourselves to. Like, how ridiculous. She's like, I would rather have money. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking. Like, she's like, I don't care about the Louis Vuitton bag. She's like, I'd rather be able to retire in like 20 years rather than like doing what everybody else is up to. So it's always just been kind of interesting seeing where um, everyone's values are. And there's, I guess there's nothing really wrong with wanting to buy all this designer stuff. It's just not... Um, just not for me, or at least not right now. Yeah, no, and I don't want to shit on really nice things because I like nice things. And, you know, I really like n- nice cars. And, you know, but, you know, like I'm sitting here wearing a competition T-shirt that I would just sit and wear that all day. That was given to me free. But, damn, I forgot. Oh, yeah, that was my point. But the point is that I used to think that, you know, money would be happiness and would get you mm-hmm. everything in life that you ever wanted. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but, I mean – but somebody, you know, I was interviewing on here basically told me they got all the money that they ever needed that to spend two or three lifetimes. And they still, you know, basically had a hole in their life. And that basically just having that money was just one less thing. You know, it's like, oh, we don't, have to, you know, like Forrest Gump, we don't have to worry about money anymore. But, you know, we have it. But, you know, and I'm sure there's people right now screaming at this list and like, oh, you just don't know. But. But I guess my point is that, you know, and I used to think that way, like, oh, I needed a million dollars, two million dollars to be happy. But now, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. And it seems like more to me that all of its maturity, you know, my morals and values have changed in the last few years. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. But, you know, now to me, it's about these people that I surround myself with in life and what we do in those moments and, you know, like going out to a good dinner. And stuff. And and I heard this quote maybe five years, 10 years back, and I've said it on here before. So folks, I'm sorry again, but it's basically someone said that the only thing you really need to worry about in life is just whenever you walk into a restaurant, you don't have to worry about how much the bill is going to be and that everything else in life is just bullshit. And I was like, wow, that made so much sense. 
You know, that it doesn't, you know, like you could walk in any restaurant with whoever you wanted to take care of the bill and just walk out there. And, and they was basically just saying, yeah, that would mean the most to you in your life, just breaking bread with the people that you surround yourself with and having a good meal. And I was like, wow, why did I never think about experiences over anything else really at this point? Like I, and I say this to my mom. So my mom, I was going to say obviously, but I guess it's not obvious, um, (laughs) is an immigrant. Both of my parents are both immigrants, right? So they had um, a very survival mindset, much like any other immigrant parents, right? Yeah. Um, literally just making money just to make ends meet and ensure that their kids are able to go to school and and uh, have clothes and stuff like that. And now my mom and my and my dad both haven't really left that mindset. So it's kind of really fascinating for me because I'll sit there and look at her. And I'm like, you don't need to work anymore. Whatever Canadian dream is, like you achieved it. We're good. Like, both your kids are doing pretty well. Like, I don't know what else you would want out of life. And for her, it's like constantly just trying to accumulate more wealth. And I I understand it. But then at the same time, she'll sit there and be like, I'm doing it for you guys. And I'm like, but you can't take it with you. Like, it's not going to be buried into the ground with you. I'm not going to bury it in the ground with me. I'm not like some kind of king in Egypt who would do that and like have like a whole <laughs> crypt and stuff like that, right? Like, I'm like, there's no point. So I'm like, for me... It's much more about the things that I do and making sure that I feel like I've lived my life. So like every time I talk to my friends about, it's a little morbid, but we talk about death in a sense and I'll sit there and I'll be like, literally my measure of success is going to be how many people are standing at my deathbed or sitting around my deathbed wanting to hear about everything that I got up to. And hopefully I'll still have those memories because I'm like, I did some weird things. (laughs) Wait, that wait. nobody will ever I'm not gonna tell anybody Whoa. until I die. Like literally the weirdest stuff. Well, so, like, I'm like nobody knew what I was up to. <laughs> you can't just do that. Just from like dating life and business and stuff like that. Just like random things that I just like really shouldn't have done that I, I went ahead and did. And um being a kid from Surrey, I, and I think only people within Surrey really understand life here, but it's just like a very like we we're so we're expected to act in a certain way. Maybe other communities are like that as well, but it's very much like a, a Surrey thing at the very least. Um, so a lot of my friends and all my family are like very like cookie cutter. They're exactly those people. They went to school, they got their jobs, their nine to fives, got found somebody, got married, started having kids. And I'm here literally moving every 20 minutes to a different city or a different province and starting businesses and adopting dogs versus having children everyone nobody understands my life it's kind of really interesting um so it's like really fun for me to sit there and I'm like wait till you hear what I did like wait till you hear <laughs> I'm like it's gonna be the greatest time ever so now everyone's just kind of sitting there going like okay so you have 40 years left basically is what you're telling us and I'm like yeah you'll wait 40 years for this <laughs> does that um and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to just because you know, I'm not moving around or anything, but I'm single, don't have kids. And I've just kind of concentrated more on me and my life rather than, I guess, doing the whole social norm of getting married, having kids and living out mm-hmm. just your days doing that way. I mean, this, and I'm always the guy going back to, you know, grandma's Thanksgiving or Christmas and, oh, yeah, you, where's my grandkids? When you have, you know, when you're doing that, like, I don't know, grandma, like you, maybe you tell me, but you pick a date, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But I mean, is that, and it's it's not so bad now just because that I'm used to it, I guess, and that I know I'm, that's just that's just me. That's just my lifestyle and just whatever. And I've gotten I've accepted it. But I guess that's my question, though, is, I mean, does that make you feel like I used to feel weird 
I guess, in a sense, like I was a black sheep kind of, and that, and it, and not really, I only felt that way because like I said, you know, my family would make me almost feel that way because I'd be walking in thinking everything's fine, but it wasn't until the conversation changed and it was like, you know, Hey, you know, when you get married, like, I don't know what, what you mean you, when you're bringing somebody over, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> maybe I don't want to right now. <laughs> so, and like, I don't know, I get, it, it always, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it always just kind of, it's like a gnat. It just, it's very annoying to me in a sense. It's not too bad for me. I think it's, um, I think it's almost like not to take away from your experience, but I feel like it's almost worse for women because like everyone's just like, oh, you have only so much time and then yeah. you have to do all these other things and all that random crap. Um, and I'm thankful that my family hasn't quite gotten to that point in their like little conversations of like, when are you going to get married? But growing up, I didn't really like my parents, none of them actually either or of my parents, which is kind of shocking because you would think my dad might um, ever really brought up marriage. And then it was, I think my brother's wedding about three and a half years ago, like one of my aunts came over and she's like, it's your turn next. When are you going to get married? And I turned around and looked at her. I'm like, why? I'm like, I make money. I take care of two dogs. I have a mortgage. I have a business. We have staff that are taken care of. I'm like, I have friends that I actually get to hang out with all the time. I'm like, I'm well taken care of. I'm like, why do I need a man to mess that up? And I remember her standing there just looking at me and had no response. And I was like, I don't yeah. like, I'm like, you had to get married. Like that was a financial decision. It wasn't necessarily that you had like, you obviously had a choice, but like it was very fine. It was, it was a financial decision really at this point. Right. Um, so like for me, I'm like, I don't have that. I don't need to do any of that. And I remember she like literally told everybody that she got yelled at by me for like three months or something. So then everybody was like steer clear and they know that I'm kind of um, the one to tell everybody off to. So like nobody really says anything to me anyway. Nice. Because um, my mom's done a really good job of like telling everybody that I have anger issues. Like she's very good at just telling everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. all of my negative qualities and that would really upset me. And then eventually I started thinking about it. I'm like, I actually worked out for me that you kept on doing that. So I'm like, honestly, my like, thank you. That that's perfect. Like that's exactly what I wanted. I don't want people to hassle me. Um, but now my sister-in-law has gotten very comfortable uh, and it's unfortunate. So now she's constantly like, Oh, at your wedding at this, and we're going to wear this at your wedding and we're going to do this at your wedding. And then my mom's gonna, Everyone you know, jumped on the bandwagon. Yep. So now it's a, it's a really awkward time, but like, it's not horrible. And with my mom, it's very easy to just sit there and tell her to stop talking. And then that's usually kind of the end of that conversation. But there's like three of us left in the family, basically, that are like still 
I guess, single. Yeah, I think there's only three of us. Two of them are boys. Uh, and like all three of us are just getting hassled all the time. So every time I walk in, I'm like, leave them alone. Yeah. And everyone's just like, why are you getting upset? And I'm like, because I'm like, I understand it better than anybody else. Like, I'm like, just leave the boys alone. We'll find them when we do. But yeah. like, nobody really quite understands the digital market or not the digital marketing, sorry, the digital dating of things. Right. So everybody else found their person organically for the most part, because they met when they were in school in their 20s. Um, unfortunately, I never I never did. Uh, or fortunately, really, at this point, depending so on how like you look at it. Yeah, on it, my life turned out perfectly fine. I'm very happy in it. So it's just kind of one of those moments where you have to really kind of balance it. But for me, yelling and everybody works really well. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what my thought is. You, 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 when you said, yeah, I'm happy the way life is going for me now. It's like you said, you know, I feel like I'm doing great in life, you know, as far as I'm very independent. You know, I have a house. I have a great job. I got two dogs, you know, and I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Like I'm happy. I'm, you know, I work out. I'm not addicted to drugs. Yeah. I like to have a couple of drinks on the weekends, but you know, whatever. But it's like other people make you feel that you should feel bad about it just because you're not into the norm. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't get this at all, bro. But yeah. And just, yeah, but that's just like anything really at this point, like even starting business or even starting a podcast, even like, Right. Like everyone's going to sit there and be like, why do you need to do that? Because it's something that they might have thought of and were too fearful to do. Or it's something that just literally they just don't understand. So the quickest thing to do or the most natural reaction is I'm going to hate it and make you feel weird because I can't be the person to feel inferior around you is what I've usually kind of noticed. Or that's what I feel is that like a lot of people th- seem to think that when somebody goes on, does something that they think that they're better. And sure. I was like, no, I just, I'm just not built to be an employee. I've learned over four years after telling three bosses to go fuck themselves <laughs> that I'm not built to work for somebody else. That's just not yeah. who I am. So I have no choice. I have to start a business. Otherwise yes. I'm screwed. Yeah. So like nobody really understands that. They just assume that like, if you're going on, even like a weight loss or a workout journey or something like that. They're just like, well, why aren't you happy the way that you are? Well, I want to, I don't know. I'm not not sitting here thinking that I'm better than you. I'm just, I, this is what I want to do. Yes. It's like insecurities in people because Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cause I, I, you know, starting the podcast and, you know, you know, working out the way I do. And, you know, now that I'm actually trying to, you know, I like learning too. And I found that out. I used to think I didn't like learning, but you know, like I try to read more and I try to do things that, you know, I listen to a podcast on road trips and stuff rather than music. And people are like, why are you listening to this? Why don't you put on music? I say, oh, this is interesting to me. I don't know. Like, I wait. so yeah, it's just, and that's one thing that I've seen that people and I'm not calling anybody out or anything, but people just, they see you almost becoming a better person and they feel insecure about themselves and what they're doing with life, you know, sitting on the couch and, watching Netflix and eating Doritos. And I do, I do that too. Sometimes I'm not saying mm-hmm. I don't, but I like that just as much as anyone else, but that's just kind of what it is. And that it's like what I said a little bit earlier about comparisons of thief of joy and you people instantly, it's like instantaneously is what people do now. They instantly start comparing themselves to everybody around them, you know, and that's mm-hmm. so easy and that, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's my point is that, you know, and I don't want to say, I don't want people looking up to me and I don't really want to be, an inspiring person, but I just want to do things that I know that are 
doing well for me and that I'm happy with. And if other people see me doing it, you know, don't throw shade at me or whatever, but just say, if you want help, I'll help you along the way. You know, I would love, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, right? You know, I love helping people out. And that's like kind of what success mm-hmm. means to me. And just that, yeah, like this, if you, even if you see somebody going, like starting to lose weight, you know, just don't start asking them why and they're never going to be able to do it. Like pick them up, man. Be good for me. Even if they made a million dollars with their business. Oh, you're fine. I got you. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, even if I made a million, if a person makes a million dollars with their business, don't be upset about it. And, you know, where they say that, oh, well, I could have, you know, maybe that could have been me or whatever. Well, it could be you if you get off your ass and stop eating Doritos and you know, watch yeah. Netflix every night. So. It's actually funny because I just recorded a reel for Instagram about um, doing things that make you fearful. Because um, it was, I think, about a couple of weeks ago, I had done like a, a live podcast and he had asked what business advice I would give to somebody. And I'm like, try. Literally, your steps ahead. The moment you try, your steps ahead of everybody else. Right? You have to push through that fear, admittedly. And it sucks 100%. It's not fun. But like... Um, just simply trying and possibly even failing is significantly better than never doing it. And I think with those people who feel inferior, I think it's because they did what was the social norm and they were promised happiness essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think at one point or another, and this is my own assumption and I could be completely wrong, but I think at one point or another, they kind of looked at their lives and just went, this isn't the full picture quite yet. So for them, they don't really know what's missing because this whole picture of getting married, having children, hanging out with your family all the time, having a couple friends is like the ideal perfect life for some people. But like, it might not be for you, but you've bought into this whole idea. And suddenly now you're sitting here going, holy shit, like this isn't, this isn't it. So now seeing somebody else going to do something different is just one of those moments where you're going, oh, I'm allowed to explore. Like I'm allowed to go do stuff. Um, and I think that's, I think that might be the moment of realization for them where it's just like, oh, I feel uncomfortable with this feeling of realizing that I could have done all these things and I chose not to. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna kind of shit on this person and make it feel like they're the ones who are missing out and I'm the one who has everything. Well, that was, that was me. I mean, that was definitely me going through my teenage years and, you know, roughly early adulthood, just because that I was always told, you know, go to college. You know, you'll get a great, mm-hmm. you know, great job coming out of college, get as much degrees as you can, you know, then go work for wherever and, you know, till you retire, then sit on a beach and be a snowbird, I guess, and go down to Florida when it's warm and whatever the whatever snowbirds do. I don't even know. Go live where you want, then go to Florida when it's warm. I guess that was the point. But yeah, but I think kind of going back on a little bit of COVID again, though, it kind of hit me that I was mm, you know, is this really what I wanted out of my life? Is this where I had planned? You know, is this really what I thought I would end up as? And yeah, I don't know. And like kind of asking you earlier about, you know, if you thought, you know, your life would have been different going towards not this way compared to the, your first job or whatever that I don't know like how much mine would have been different. But it's I like to think about it a lot and just to understand, like, you know, you I guess what Will Smith Will Smith says, you can't really know where you can go until you know where you've been. So mm-hmm. yeah, and so like now yeah, I think I, about it a lot. Okay. Yeah, so like now it kind of makes me like, all right, you know, I've changed my course. You know, I'm kind of looking more towards number one, I guess it's the same, watching out for me and what makes me happy. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and whether that is focusing on a career or focusing on if you want to have family and kids and or focusing on whatever, you know, if you want to travel, you know, the whole globe, then cool. Yeah, focus on that. And that's what it but it took, you know, life stopping, I guess, and getting out of my daily routine and, you know, living off momentum and just saying, hey, wait, you know, is this really what I expected? You know, what's what's changed up now a little bit? And, and it, you know, I've changed. I made some good changes. It's good. You know, I'm happy with it. You know, and I'm not saying I wasn't happy before, but it's better. That's what I'm trying to say. It's better. I'm using that compound effect, making better decisions, leading up to bigger things. So I guess exactly. It's uh, about staying consistent and improving one percent. Really, at this point, is the the thing that I really love is you, when you do the math on staying consistent, it stays zero, but you add one percent to everything, and it grows three point seven seven times, I believe. So like. Nice. This whole notion of uh, just staying in the same place has always just been kind of weird for me. But like my personal belief has always been um, if you're not learning, you're basically dying. Like it's because there's no growth. Like you're not expanding your mindset. You're not um, doing new things or exploring new things. And I really think that like um, it's unfortunate that a lot of us are working for heaps of money and that's literally the only goal because i think the human experience is actually experiences i think we're supposed to go see the world i think we're supposed to sit on the grass and just watch the clouds go by i think we're supposed to literally just um have have time alone and have time with our families and just be connected um and it's kind of it's just working has always kind of taken that away because now everybody measures success off of working um but then the, the whole marriage part comes in all of it. So then it's just like, okay, well, what side was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to continually date or was I supposed to build a company? Somebody please tell me what the options are. Um, and a lot of oftentimes they're like both. And I was like, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're just not, um, it, like you don't have the capacity for it. And for me, I didn't have the capacity for it. I can't manage a relationship and then a business and try to keep two dogs alive along with <laughs> myself. Like it's just too much. Uh, am I in a better place and better positioned for something now? 100%. But if this was two, three years ago, absolutely not. I had no idea what I wanted out of life at that point. So I think a lot of people don't credit that experience enough. I think it's just one of those moments where everybody just goes, well, I'm not there yet. But I'm like, well, maybe you're not supposed to be like, yeah, maybe this okay. is the time for you to explore and yeah. go do something and really kind of get that, fill your cup as much as you possibly can. And what if that person that you're supposed to be with is in Italy and you've just stopped yourself from going to Italy because that's not something that you're supposed to do. Like Mm -hmm. the logic of it just like never follows through. Cause I, every time anybody says anything, they're like, do you want to go to this event or go do something? And I'm like, yeah, cause you never know what's going to happen. I I'll never know what I missed out on until I actually go and do it. I heard, I don't know how you feel about Elon Musk, but, and that's not my point to my point, but I heard him on another podcast and they kind of asked him what the meaning of life was to him. Mm-hmm. And he basically said it was to exist. And I took that as like, Ooh, like you, what you were saying, like go outside and like watch the clouds go by and travel and do all that. And, and I guess, I mean, like, I mean, if this is too deep, but I mean, is that what, I mean, like, is that your meaning of life? I mean, is that what you see yourself, you know, working for a set amount of years and set yourself up and then like, Hey, you know, I'll just do whatever, I want to do for the rest of my life. 
I think so. At least right now, I think that is. If you asked me a couple of years ago, I think it would have been straight money. Like I would have just been like, I, I work to make cash. I know what you mean. Right. And uh, uh, I think now as I, as I get a bit older, I'm starting to see the world a bit more. And I'm like, we don't like money's not forever. Um, I got very lucky. My mother has done well for herself. So like, if you know, the worst comes to worst, I, I have a, a safety blanket on that front. Which I do understand not a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and that I'm incredibly fortunate, but for me, I, I, it was kind of funny. It was almost a year, a little over a year ago, I was driving one of my brother's friends home, um, from like a wedding. And I remember we were just chatting about, he's in med school. So he was talking about like a future clinic that he was going to put in this really dodgy area. And he was saying it jokingly. Um, and then started going on about how I would help him with the marketing. And I was like, we'll see. I don't really like you that much, but I'm like, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I love it. And he just sat there and he's like, wow, that hurts. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be honest with you, dude. Like, you know, uh, and then he starts, he kind of takes that conversation and he's like, well, you've done quite a bit with your career. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And he's like, so what's the game plan? And I was like, I don't know revenue. Like, like I had no idea. And I remember him sitting he's like you and money. He's like, seriously, do you really think that makes sense? And I just kind of like took that for like a year. I sat on that for a year and I just like kept on thinking about it. And for him, I think it was this moment of going, this is not going to be the only thing that's going to make you happy. Like he could see it uh, in a way that I had never did, which was fascinating in its own self. And uh, as I kept on exploring that, that comment um, for me, it was make enough to obviously be able to retire within, you know, uh, hopefully a decade, really, at this point, if I could retire by 40, I'd be pretty happy. Um, but at the same time, being able to still, but I know myself far well enough, or well enough to know that I never could stop actually working. Like, it's just not who I am. I go on vacations. And three days later, I am bored out of my mind, I need to like, open up my computer and start doing something. Mm. Um, so for me, I think it's more philanthropy than anything that would actually end up happening. So then it's just a matter of figuring out how that would actually work out. Um, so for me, like just trying to get more women into STEM subjects, but especially like more women of color is something that I would love to do. And I get to somewhat do that on Instagram a little bit, just by showing that I'm a, like a woman who does pay-per-click, which is technically pretty technical as a role. Um, and I get messages all the time where they're just sitting there going, like, I didn't know that anybody looked like me in this industry. And it's kind of really nice to hear that because it's just like, oh, that's great. And then a couple of them will be like, I want to be you when I grow up. And I'm like, oh, weird. That's a really strange comment. But okay, thanks. <laughs> but if I could do that on a grander scale, I think that would be like really, truly what life is supposed to be. I think we're supposed to try to at least leave it better than how we found it. Um, so if I could hopefully change a life for the better, I think that's probably where I'd sit there and be like, yeah, I, I lived exactly how I wanted to. I like that. Thank but you. <laughs> but gets a little, uh, a little philosophical a little bit sometimes. So a lot of people are just be. like, uh, I don't know how to respond. <laughs> no, it should be little, it should be philosophical. And that, yeah, cause everyone, you know, you know, no, no, how am I want to say this? So, yeah, because again, you know, I used to not think, and I'm not saying I'm philosophical by any means, but you know, everyone's got their own thoughts about things, just like questions like that. And then doing these podcasts and having conversations with you know my friends over drinks or dinner or whatever that you know when you when those type of questions come up, you know, you can actually say something better than 
you know, like the uh, what's it, like one of the normal things is just uh, you know, go see what the what is there seven or eight wonders of the world now or something, right? And does that? I don't know. Good I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's. I need to Google that. <laughs> yeah, there was seven. There might be eight. I don't know, but anyway, that's why I need somebody fact checking me on these things. But yeah, so but now I don't mind trying to express those ideas in my head and those thoughts that because. And maybe again, like it might be just because I'm more mature now that I don't care. Like, are you going to judge me off what I think maybe the meaning of life is compared to what your meaning of life is? And just like, hey, you know, and I'm not saying yours is wrong. I'm not saying I'm right either. But, you know, like we were talking about money and stuff earlier, like that means more to me compared to if you want to have all the money in the world and buy Bugattis all day and, you know, go to the new in Saudi Arabia building like some turtle city I was reading about today too. It's a floating turtle city is what they're interesting. Yeah, I think it was Saudi Arabia. But anyway, it's like if you want to go do that, then that's great. That's cool. If that's what your thing is, I love it. Cool. Good for you. But yeah, my point is is that yeah, I think everyone's a little bit of philosophical in their own way. It's just a matter of getting it out, you know, word vomiting almost. And that, you know, and who cares? Like, you know, and that was one thing, you know, with me starting my podcast, you know, I hated conversations like this and or not like this, but like that. And, or like talking about politics or religion, just because I was always afraid of the judgment or what people would think of me. And, uh, Oh, wait, no, no, nobody's going to like me. If I say something that's not part of, again, do the, the norm. And mm-hmm. so now, and so now it's kind of like, whatever, you know, if you, I don't, you know, if you don't want to be in my circle, cool, that's fine, whatever. But just so you know, everyone's different. We all have our different ways of life. And, you know, my life is differently, completely different from yours. But that's cool. That's fine. We can see and we can do now. We don't have to agree on everything, but we don't have to hate each other just because of that. Yeah, it's not better or worse. It literally is just different. And that's like a conversation that I tend to have like a lot with my siblings sometimes because they uh, very much followed the path that they were supposed to or our parents had set out. And uh, sometimes I'll say, make random comments about like how they all met their, like their significant others at like 19, 20, 21. And I feel like that was just far too young. I feel like they didn't really know who they were as human beings. And thankfully sure. they found great partners, but I'm like, it, at the same time, I'm like, don't you guys ever wonder like who you could have been if you actually dated? Cause like all of these, like a lot of them, it's like their first and only relationship. Yeah. So for me, I go, I think people would benefit from dating, like actually meeting different people, learning what they don't like about somebody, what they like about. Um... Uh oh. Um, and oftentimes my brother uh, isn't a fan of it because he'll just sit there and be like, well, don't you think it's cool that you grew up with somebody? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that because I'm like, then you're basically one person and not two different individuals or two separate individuals um, is the way that I've always taken it. Uh, and then oftentimes you can see that they, they like they think that I'm being judgmental and I often have to go back and be like, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Yes. And have to really remind them that I'm like, I don't care because I'm like, really, at this point, I'm like, your path is your path. If you're happy in your life right now, that's the only thing that I could ever want as a sister. Um, but I'm like, it's just not what was meant for me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I would love for you guys not to look at me as if I'm like this wounded dog on you know the side of the road and actually see that I'm actually totally fine. It's just my life is just a little different than yours. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people like to and I'm not saying they're being negative towards people, but they're kinda they're they mean well in what they say, but the way they say it is just mm-hmm. that Bro, you know, I know you're you're trying to throw out advice and help me out and you know get me from 
point A to point B, but you know, you're not really, are you really under hearing what you're saying? And that's one thing that I've learned too, is just that, yeah, it's just, I, I try, I, I take everything with what they're saying. That's fine. I'll listen to it, but well, unless it becomes too, too ridiculous, but yeah, it's like, that's great. But I just can't, you know, we're done here. I mean, you know, just because I appreciate you trying to help me out, but I'm not going to change my ways just because you think I need to, you know? And again, yeah. like, so yeah, it's like what we said earlier, just because that I know myself and I know how things are. And just because you think that, you know, I should have married my high school sweetheart and cool. Then I don't know, you know, maybe life would have been great there, but who knows? We don't know that though. And, you know, and also one of these things that, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you just because, you know, like I said earlier, you know, well, how old was I, you know, 20 years ago, eight being right. Yeah. 18 years old that, you know, I didn't know what love was and I didn't know what I would want into a partner and what I would even, what I even wanted out of my own life. So and like to expect that, oh yeah, just go get the job, marry somebody and have kids and live out your days and work till you're got 30 years in and go retire. Cool. That's okay. That's great. If some people did that, that's great. But now it's kind of like when I look into the dating world and stuff, like I don't think I could have handled that back in now, like the way I am now, like I would want somebody who would want to learn with me and grow with me and start up, you know, like I, I keep saying, like I told somebody one time, you know, like start an empire with me almost. And that, okay. yeah, we all have ambitions and goals and like, and I respect the hell out of that from, and a significant other or partner and that I would, you know, I just don't want somebody who just wants to come home, just lay on the couch and eat Doritos all night, which I'm saying there's times for that. I mean, that's, but Doritos are a great chip. They yeah, are like I, top three. I <laughs> love Doritos, but I don't, I don't get to eat them a lot, but I love them, especially not Doritos. I will crush them. That's mm -hmm. like, that's my weakness. I have to buy the smaller bags. Cause if I buy the bigger ones, like, Oh gosh. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel good. And I, God, you know, I'm going to control myself. I'm only going to have some. And like, I put it on the counter and like, I keep them away from me. But every time I get up and I walk by, I grab like a handful. Then we can do whatever I got to do. Then go back by. Then I grab another handful. So I got to go back down and grab another handful. It's like, I've ate almost three quarters of the bag. I might as well finish it, finish it off. No. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's like, well, I've gone this far. Anyway, that's that was not my, I don't know. But Doritos are good. I guess that was my whole point of that part. But Anyway, this is <laughs> this has gone sideways. On if Doritos wants to sponsor this podcast, that would be great. So, but anyway. I wouldn't mind a couple bags too if you. Okay, uh, yeah, I got you. Pass them over my way. <laughs> yeah, if you want, yeah, whatever flavors you want, I got you. I'm a like used to go nacho cheese, sometimes Cool Ranch. Nacho like. cheese is my favorite, but they also did the oh god, I don't know what they're called, like the the roll ups of them. So like kind of like the talkie versions, and they're actually like spicy. What? And there's one bag, I believe it's a medium bag, and that one's like the perfect level of heat for me. Oh my god, I like obsess over them to the point where I'm like searching the stores for them sometimes. Yeah, I'll try to find out what they're called, okay. and I will, I will definitely let you know because I think I have a bag, but I think I bought the wrong flavor and it was just not enjoyable. Oh, but like, there's god. one that I just kill for. Well, besides chips, what else? I mean, I know we're kind of getting short on time here, but besides chips, like, what is your thing like do you have a go-to meal like a food are you a foodie honestly i hate to say it not really i i literally i'm that person who will i literally eat to survive i'm like the worst um like to the point where i actually have to intermittent fast because otherwise i will forget to eat 
because I just get so like consumed by work that I don't really realize I need to be eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done it where I've like literally done like completed 26 hour fasts without even noticing and woken up and I'm like, oh shit, like I was supposed to eat. <laughs> um, so like I actually have an app on my phone that's just like you have 30 minutes left. And I'm like, okay, time to make food. Like I have to go do this. Um, so I'm not really much of a foodie, but I definitely have like a massive sweet tooth. Like uh, Starburst fave reds are like my entire life i hunt them down because they're not readily available in canada so i actually like hunt them down to uh-huh. the point where like even my siblings will be like we're going to the states and i'm like you know what you have to buy me right like a massive <laughs> three pound bag like this has to last me about a year at the very least and they're just like they're almost almost embarrassed to do it but i'm like you have no choice like you're my sibling admittedly you didn't get a choice in that matter but i'm like it's your duty now you have to go buy me fave reds I wanted to ask you this earlier when you were talking about vacation and what you just said kind of reminded me of it. But when you find mm-hmm. yourself relaxing too much and not and I don't want to say not working, but just yeah, just not doing anything. Do you do you find your mind getting restless and like almost bored and like oh we I got should be doing something right now? Like I got I can't just keep doing this. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it actually happens even on like a daily basis when I don't work as much. I like have a lot of this like kind of guilt around it. Uh, And that's something that I need to work on because obviously I shouldn't be feeling guilty if I'm taking a day off. But like, it's just, I think it's really my parents rubbing off on me. My mom, like when we were growing up, she had two jobs. My dad did 16 hour days, six days a week. So for me, we constantly saw them working. Like that was just all they ever did. So I think in my head somewhere... I just went, if you're not working, you're, you're like, you're wasting time essentially. Um, so now I've been trying to work on that a little bit more because it's, um, it's interesting. I don't know. I was in Mexico for like seven days, day three, I'm sitting on phone calls <laughs> doing ad stuff. And I'm just sitting there and my friends are just like, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is happening. I'm like, I'm watching people have fun while I'm working. Like, this is how we're doing this really at this point. Um, so they weren't very happy with me, but it, okay we're still friends so (laughs) you're still friends i mean you kind of like know how you are at to a certain point then and you know i've always i had friends like i went on a bachelor trap a bachelor trap bachelor trip uh what month is it so it was back in june but there was one guy down there had his laptop out and he was even working while we're all just kind of sitting around having a couple beers and just bullshitting and yeah it was just like Hey, what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'm, I got to run. I forgot what he, he does logistics for something, but it was like, all right, cool, whatever. Do your thing. We'll just sit over here. But he was, you know, he was kind of around on the conversation, but I don't care. I mean, it was my thing that, you know, I respect it. If you want to work, that's fine. You know what you're doing. Go ahead and work, you know, but you know, also have a little fun here and there. Yeah. As long as you're not hindering on everybody else's fun. So it wasn't like I was sitting there going, I need to work and we can't go on this excursion yeah. type of deal. It was, you guys go to the pool party. I'll be right here. We're still in the same vicinity. I can see you guys having fun. We're exactly. like, this is fine, right? Like, that's the last thing that I want to do is ruin somebody else's trip. So, like, we, my one of my brothers and I actually went to LA in March, and it was literally the perfect matchup for for traveling because he's the type of person who loves sleeping. So he would sleep in until about ten, eleven, and I would wake up at around seven, and I would just crush through work within the three, four hours. That's so then perfect. by the time he was up and ready, we were ready to go and actually just enjoy our time. Um, and it was perfect. Cause I was like, I didn't mess up your sleep. Yeah. You didn't mess up my work schedule. We both win. Like it was absolutely perfect. So now I'm kind of constantly like, I'm like, where are we going next? I want to do that again. That was fun. 
that's my version of a, of a vacation. I don't mind it. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, like you get some stuff done. You still have fun, see some things, do some things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all good at the end. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, Amit, I'm glad you, I'm glad we did this. I don't want to hold up any more of your time and all that good stuff, but, uh, yeah, do you have anything you need to plug or people want to find you or and all that good stuff, your Instagram? And I know you said you make some reels and stuff. So any, or anything you just want to plug in general, just just feel free to do that. Um, I guess I could plug work stuff since that was kind of predominantly like the underlying conversation really at this point. So yeah, um, yeah I own an online marketing agency. We specialize in, in pay-per-click. Uh, it's called Hopskip Media. So you can find us at hopskipmedia.com. Uh, Instagram, the handle is a little bit different. So uh, Everywhere on the internet, I'm AdWords Girl. So mm-hmm. I guess I can spell it out A D W O R D S G I R L. Um, yeah. And mainly, uh, most of our content is Instagram and LinkedIn. So we put a, a bunch of tips and tricks on pay per click and how to improve your results if you're running ads, if you're a business owner, if you're interested in getting into PPC, it's a really great resource. Uh, admittedly i am a little bit biased on that but i think it's a really great resource um <laughs> yeah so yeah i guess those two things are really the the plug uh well, well, well another quick question i mean where did hop skip is that what you said hop skip media that was the name of it yeah so uh, originally the originally the company was just called a meat cabra marketing because i couldn't figure out what to write and the guy was just like i i the, when i had applied for like sole proprietorship um, I wrote my name down and he's like, there has to be something at the end. And I kind of stared at him and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like marketing. And he's like, okay, I'm writing marketing down. And I went, okay, totally fine. Um, and then when we went to incorporate, I just kept on going with it. So I'm like, me, Cabra Marketing Inc. Like, I don't know what else to call it. Um, and then I ended up adopting a rabbit and he would hop, skip around everywhere. <laughs> and he was like the cutest little thing. I loved him so much. Um so yeah, so then one day I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to have a whole logo and company around this rabbit. And then suddenly Hopskit Media was uh, together and it's, uh, yeah, the rest is history. I like it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like, I like like stories like that. Just that, hey, that's how it came to be about. Rather than yeah. just like, oh, I saw it in a book. You know? No, I always have some kind of random reason for why I did something. Yeah, all those weird reasons. Count that on me on that. Talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. I don't know. I'm not quite ready to reveal my, okay, second, well, my secret what, life to everyone. Right. Well, you can uh, give me some hints off air one day. <laughs> Since now you got my curiosity and my attention on that. That's fair. But, okay. <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Anything else? Anything else you need to say? Plug or whatever? You feel good? Everything good? No, I feel good. I uh, I'm it. really happy that you had me on. This was actually really not actually. This was really great. <laughs> I always have to put actually in there. I'm like, no, that sounds like I thought it was going to go otherwise. Like I never do. Um, but yeah, no, this was a really great conversation. I don't think I've actually had one like that. Was like that free flowing. Usually everybody has like their their yeah. set topics and stuff like that. And I actually I, like I really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, that's one thing that I always do or always say too that I never know how these things are going to go just because, like, whatever emails we exchanged or whatever, that you don't really know what you're getting on the other side of this Zoom call, really. Right. Because that you can listen to some other podcasts they've been on and, you know, whatever media kits they have, but it's really that wow, we're meeting. It's, it's a, it's kind of like a blind date. Like really like, what mm-hmm. am I getting myself into on this? Is this going to go well? What am I going to say? What are they going to say? Don't say anything stupid. 
like, oh no, what just happened? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's just like, and it, it works a lot, you know? And I don't know if it's just what it is, but you know, magic happens and things go pretty well, like tonight. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's, my I know, that's perfect. Yeah. I guess it's like the, the, the vibe or the chemistry or whatever you want to call it. It's just like, okay, are we on the same page in that sense? And that usually makes the, the conversation it's significantly better, actually. Good. I agree hundred percent, but yeah, again, um, well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being here. I enjoyed it. You're a badass person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But anything else, uh, then I, I, I'm good. If you're good. We can yes, call. I am. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good night, everybody. We're out of here. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.